You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 8.55am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 84th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that's been dedicated to social change for more than 23 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about recent events in the US with the storming of the US seat of government, the Capitol, and what led up to this. The news and social media have been saturated with images and recordings of extraordinary events in the US during the fading days of the Trump Republican presidency, with the election preceded by loud and unsupported claims that it was going to be rigged. Yeah, that was even before the voting and the counting began. That's right. The election itself seemed to run along two opposite narratives. There were the Democrats, Biden and Harris, slowly and then suddenly getting the majorities they needed to win power. Mm -hmm. But the Democrat majorities in certain states were constantly being questioned and denied by Trump and the Republicans and a throng of his supporters, with commentary about stolen and illegitimate, illegitimate votes. Yeah, which in fact the Republicans themselves have made a specialty of, of during the last several elections. So it wasn't just this most recent election mm. at all. That's right. And all that pictured against a widely ignored but worsening background of meanwhile 24 million COVID infected Americans That's and it. more than 400,000 deaths and growing millions of unemployed in what Ross Gittins from the age calls the Corona session. Mm. So today we'll be talking a bit more about all of that, starting with the recent storming of the US Capitol, a Capitol building by an angry and violent mob Mm. in the very place symbolic of the US version of democracy. Yeah, and remembering that the Capitol is a place where democracy is supposed to be happening. Yeah, where the US government meets and where many decisions are being made that have a great impact, not just in the US, but across the rest of the world. They were shocking and unbelievable scenes, and we think all of us looked at them aghast. The mob overran the police and came close to where politicians were cowering in fear for their safety and for their lives. And all of that on live TV or on our various apps. Now with Joe Biden sworn in as the 46th President of the United States just yesterday, Australian time, Mm. and the Democrats in control, we wanted to unpick all of this a bit. How did it come to pass? What does it all mean? Yeah, so we start with having a look at what alternative media in the US are saying. 
Yeah, after all, what we in Australia heard from the regular news channels during the entire period leading to this spectacular final bit of theatre, that went pretty much along their predictable right-wing ideological lines and their party political associations. So with that in mind, it's worth listening to those voices in the US itself who have been critical of Trumpism and who have also been urging their listeners and readers to think again. Mm. So starting with Mother Jones and focusing on the person of Trump, Monica Bauerlein made several important points that are also echoed elsewhere. First, what happened with the storming of the Capitol by a pro-Trump mod mob should not really surprise us, given that it's been fermenting over the last few years and even longer. So Bauerlein suggests, quote, Trump has always looked to harness hate. He has always relished recklessness. He has always demonstrated that his only devotion is to his own interests. He has always revealed that he holds no allegiance to democratic values, unquote. So really, no one should be surprised or pretend to be surprised about what happened. Mm. Or like our own PM Morrison, <coughs> sorry, take a long, long time before acknowledging the link between Trump's speech and his other pronouncements and the occurring violence. Yeah, he's been pretty slow to do that, mm. which of course exactly. um, Albanese the, in opposition has been pointing out. Mm. Um, but what happened was really an outcome of the Republican Party's support for Trump and his actions over the last few years of his presidency. So Bauerlein, again, talk, looking at what she says, um, she says that what happened at the Capitol was not a fluke, but was always in the cards. So to quote her again, this was more than a deal with the devil. It was an abject surrender to a man of malice, to a bully, to a would-be tyrant, to a president who has become a force of terrorism. And as we also know, unquote, I should say, and as we also know, very few Republicans denounced the mob violence afterwards, let alone withdrew their support for Trump in the House, apart from two handfuls of brave souls. Mm. On that one, we'll probably have some appropriately titled music, Spectacle, mm -hmm. by Felix Meredith.
it's summer programming on 3CR and there is so many reasons to stay tuned. You don't want to be on the beach getting sunburn. You don't want to be in the pub getting drunk. Just listen to 3CR shorts, features, documentaries, new and extremely unusual music and highlights, believe it or not, from COVID-19 2020. To check out our summer grid, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash summer specials. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. We're talking about recent events in the US with the storming of the capital and what sense we can make out of it. Mm. So returning to what we said before, in fact, the Republicans have been creating this situation for many years, according to an article in The Atlantic titled, Most House Republicans Did What the Rioters Wanted, Mm. written by Zineb Dufetti. She describes how Republicans largely supported Trump's lies that fueled the mob, that he really won the US election and that votes had been fraudulently stolen from him, all without a shred of real evidence. Mm. She says, the most, quote, the most dangerous part of that day for the country as a whole was not what happened when the insurrectionists forced their way into the capital in the afternoon, but what happened just a few hours later on the floor. After all the mayhem, the legislators were escorted back to the chamber under heavily armed escort, and the stunning 139 representatives 66% of the House Republicans, Republican caucus, along with eight Republican senators, promptly voted to overturn the election, just as the mob and the president had demanded, Mm. unquote. Yes, that's incredible. Mm. 66% of the House, the Republican caucus, voted to overturn the election, which reflected the votes mm-hmm. and the wishes of the people, supposedly mm-hmm. within the democratic framework That's that they're right. supposed to be operating in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they voted to reject the results of a democratic election that, by most accounts, had been utterly regular and even quite a few legal decisions, um, legal opinions came to the same conclusion when voting was challenged in different states. So there was no evidence that there was anything wrong with the voting. So this rejection of the election outcome by a majority of Republicans happened with the veneer of respectability, the veneer of respectability, unlike the mob, by polite, mostly white men in suits, mostly politely following formal processes under proper cover, unlike the really transparent thuggery of the mob wanting to stop the recognition of the people's vote by force. Uh, so, but it's, I guess, thuggery of a different type mm. <laughs> in disguise perhaps. So in another article in The Atlantic titled Republicans Own This Insurrection, I love these titles because they really describe the main point so well, mm. uh, Peter Weiner says, quote, Elected Republicans decided to make a deal with the devil 
Part of the bargain, the part they liked, was access to power and influence, this tax cut and that appointment, this silent belief that Trump would further their career ambitions, unquote. Mm, actually, quite a few commentators have said that what happened was not exceptional or an aberration in US politics in general. It was the continuation of what has been happening for some years now. Zeynep Tufesi, she sees the insurrection as a step too far in a much longer process of entrenchment of minority rule and mm. democratic backsliding yeah. that we have also commented on, by the way, in a previous program of ours. Tufekhi is referring to all the tricks used to suppress the votes of minority groups, especially in the southern states, and the gerrymandering, which is the changing and manipulation of the electoral boundaries in favour of a particular party. Yeah. Who could forget the election in 2000 when Bush the Younger quite literally stole the election from Democratic candidate Gore by the open manipulation of the vote in Florida, mm -hmm. the further investigation of which was then denied by the Florida courts and to led to Gore, Gore conceding. Mm, so it's a, really a continuation of history, mm -hmm. what we're seeing now, a, an amplification really. And, mm -hmm. and let's not forget the elephant in the room, shark, and that's racism. That is articulated really well in the Yes magazine, which is based in Seattle, in an article titled An American Insurrection. This is what Sunivi Brydam wrote the day after the events. Quote, While the temporary success of this particular white supremacist insurrection may have been surprising, the fact that it occurred shouldn't be. The unique brand of violent entitled way white rage that was on display in Washington yesterday is profoundly American. It has been resurgent long before Trump's rise to power. It has been deployed against black people, against immigrants, against women, and if we're being honest, it is the foundation on which this country was built. Mm. Well, this, this was certainly evident in the police response to the insurrection at the Capitol, which a lot of people have commented on. Uh, the, the obvious restraint of the police with the mob and even their support for the event was caught on many videos and beamed largely live around the world. And, and what a contrast to how black people are usually treated by police whether protesting or really just going about their daily business. Yeah, who can forget the I Can't Breathe episode leading to the Black Lives Matter worldwide outburst of protests and the reactions of the forces of order and in Australia of right-wing politicians. Who can forget that? So again, this is just a continuation of the state of affairs in the US and admittedly not just there. Yeah, that's right. And there's good evidence to back up this impression. Lois Beckett wrote an article titled US Police Three Times as Likely to Use Force Against Left-Wing Protesters' Data Finds. <laughs> so this refers to data from the US Crisis Monitor at Princeton University. To quote Lois Beckett, 
Police in the United States are three times more likely to use force against left-wing protesters than right-wing protesters, according to new data from a non-profit that monitors political violence around the world. And, quote, in the past 10 months, US law enforcement agencies have used tear gas, pepper spray, rubber bullets and beatings at a much higher percentage at Black Lives Matter demonstrations than at pro-Trump or other right-wing protests. And and I should say that's also controlling for violence that might, mm-hmm. um, you know, some argue might justify it. So controlling mm-hmm. for all else, uh, the mm-hmm. police response to Black Lives Matter is much more violent and aggressive than, a, than at pro-Trump rallies and right-wing mm-hmm. protests. Yeah, on that note, we probably should go to a promo and let that sink in a bit. So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR Digital and Streaming Live or at streaming at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about recent events in the US, especially with the storming of the Capitol. We're looking at alternative media commentaries on this and arguing that what happened is no aberration and it shouldn't be a surprise because it's the culmination of long-term inequality and racism, as well as some pretty immoral strategizing by Republicans over time. When we think again, the really important lessons from all of this are several. First of all, as our quotes and references to critical journals in the US show, there is real on-the-ground resistance to the political impositions by the rich and powerful. We actually can learn a lot from their endurance and resilience. At Borderlands and in the new community, we have regularly shared and spread information about and examples of this activism. Yeah, and I suppose in that context, Shark, we should mention the activism in the US, getting minorities mm. out to vote, which mm. really mm. you'd have to say is responsible for having a vice president who's black and a woman. Mm. That's right. Kamala Harris. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, a second lesson um, we could draw goes back to another theme we've been talking about a lot on this program on Think Again. Um, underlying the entire episode of the storming of the capital and um, a theme that's been going back for decades. So this theme is the worsening inequality in the US and elsewhere in a world affected by the consequences of neoliberalism or in other words, the impoverishment and exploitation of masses of people in the push to have market forces and corporate interests rule every aspect of our lives. Mm. As Marco Pasco reports in Wednesday's New Daily, and I quote, 
After all the hand-wringing from the failed coup, the fundamental problem with US capitalism remains. Gross inequality is totally incompatible with democracy. You can have one or you can have the other, mm -hmm. but you can't have both simultaneously, mm -hmm. unquote. So there. It's interesting to speculate how that has worked out during the entire episode, during the Trump years and the decades before. Again, from Michael Pascoe, who quotes Mike Mangan, who is a US-based fund manager. Mm -hmm. Quote, according to the, to the US Fed, 40% of Americans can't find $400 in an emergency without selling something or without borrowing. Mm. About 130 million Americans clearly living from pay packet to pay packet. Mm -hmm. Economic and political insanity. By contrast, a handful of men are worth tens, even hundreds of billions. Mm, their temptation to tilt the politics in their favor is overwhelming. So the fundamental problem with American capitalism remains gross inequality in a so-called democracy, unquote. Mm. And Mangan continues, those in power then rely on what he calls, it's his quote, useful idiots to help them succeed in their own game. A modern version, really, of keeping them dumb so you can keep them poor. As we have discussed in earlier programs, it's populism and even fascism at work. Yeah, and I suppose it's less to do with, I'd say, idiots, you mm -hmm. know, rather than naming and blaming individuals. It's to do with yes. the, the social generation of idiocy yeah. um, by people with wealth and influence and power. That's right, um, totally. Generating social idiocy to bolster up their own interests, basically. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, well, in Trump's case... He was happy to G up the mod, mob, but stayed away from the event, keeping what you'd call plausible <laughs> deniability, which is uh, something that he's really done during his entire career as a dealmaker and a, t and a TV personality. So if, if the mob would have succeeded, he would have marched in it as a saviour. But um, if it didn't succeed and it went awry, as it did, he can say, hands off, wasn't me. Mm, that's right. Mm. Well, we'd have, we'll have to agree with the US fund manager, Mike Mangan. He concluded, quote, until inequality is solved, Trumpism won't be, unless current economic and monetary settings are adjusted. A far more competent autocrat than Trump was will emerge in the future and yeah. do it all over again. Yeah, and it's not just about Trump, which is what mm -hmm. we're arguing, really. It's really... Uh, entrenched characteristics of the system mm -hmm. which favours the few at the expense of the many. Mm -hmm. And I guess a final point um, we could make is internationally the standing of the US has received a real mighty hammering. Uh, the reactions of the other countries in the Anglosphere or English-speaking powers have been pretty mixed. Uh, our PM's evasions are a, a, a case in point him not wanting to come out and be too critical of Trump, mm. <laughs> even mm -hmm. after all what happened. And uh, quite a few other leaders have wryly observed that the US is suffering from the politics of aggression that it's been exporting to other places for a long time now. 
for decades, the U.S. has been playing the most powerful country in the world, all the while pretending to promote democracy, equality and such more. It probably never was true. But it will be interesting to watch how the, pre the, the pretense <laughs> will be restored and maintained without leading the world into lots of new difficulties and, yeah. and, and violences, yeah. as if we wouldn't already have enough of those anyway. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we've run out of time again for this program, but I think Jacques will definitely continue talking about this probably mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks, in particular the parallels and implications for here in Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on to our community announcements. Uh, we'd ask you to contact your local federal MP and tell them to raise Centrelink payments for good to a level that people can live on. Uh, urge them not to reduce JobSeeker and similar Centrelink payments any further, which is scheduled to happen at the end of March. So this, if that was to go ahead and that cliff did happen, that people fall off that cliff at the end of March um, and are put back on poverty, really way below poverty rates, this would be a real abomination when we know that the wealthy have got wealthier from government handouts during the pandemic from our taxes. Mm. As Labour parliamentarian Andrew Lee wrote in, in the Wednesday, Wednesday's Age, urging those company owners and directors who received a lot of government funding for JobKeeper payments to their staff and still made a lot of profit during mm -hmm. the pandemic, told, telling them to please pay the money back to the government rather than to their shareholders or as bonuses to their mm -hmm. executives. Yeah. And on that matter, thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. Remember, if you want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available by podcast and the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. We would also like to thank Clive Bourne, for technical production and music selection once more. Mm. Meanwhile, stay tuned for Jailbreak. Jailbreak is a great program that gives a voice to prison inmates, their families and their friends. To bring us into this program, please enjoy the uplifting, world-turning by Yothu Yindi. I've been